ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 27. We got 26 out of the way yesterday. I'm glad 26 is gone. I never want to see that number ever again. And now that we're past it, bit a little bit of history. We'll never see episode 26 ever again. All we've got to cover now is anything in the 40s. Get past them and I'll be happy. Episode 27, though, as I said, there was a ridiculous amount of darts played over the weekend and we just couldn't do it all in one show. We wouldn't remember what we spoke about at the start of the show. It becomes a bit of a rabble and this is quite a lot of stuff to get through because, yeah, it's the DPA events and it's always massive. They play three events over one weekend in five different locations. So you've technically got 15 events to try and get through, decipher and have a look at who's done well, who won, who came second. A lot of it will look at who made the semifinals. I just think that's a good way to see what names are coming through at each location. So we'll go through each day and each location. Then we'll go to day two, each location, day three, each location. And then I've had a bit of a recap of each one because by the end of the show, you're going to be thinking, I can't remember who won Queensland day one, who won New South Wales day two. So we'll recap have a look and see what we can come up with. So let's just dive straight into it. Intro music. Right, Friday was straight into knockouts. No round robin on the Friday, purely because dart players in Australia have jobs. We've said this before, which is a shame. I wish they were all pro full-timers. That would be excellent. And that's what the world should come to and hopefully comes to. But, yeah, Friday, straight into the knockouts. And Queensland... Round one, yeah, you can really see the quality when it comes to Queensland. Straight off the bat, they've all come home from work, straight to surface paradise, and you've got six-plus averages over 80 in the first round. So that's just quality straight off the bat. That's what happens up in Queensland. That's where darts is played. That's where darts is absolutely kicking goals. I think some of the numbers of the, the amount of players playing. So Victoria has 20 or something on the Saturday and Sunday, which is the busier day. And Queensland's pushing high 50s up towards 60 each day that there is something on there. So we've just got the quality and the, the numbers up here at the moment. So that's that's Queensland. Um, the lowest average in that was 55. So you are seeing there's a few people competing that are maybe – Pastime dart players aren't quite as good as they used to be or just there because they love love the game of darts and are averaging in the 40s. I think I even saw a 38. So, yeah, the lowest of 55, that's my level. Um, when I'm playing okay, 55, I can get up to 60 and can get as low as mid mid to high 40s. So that's around where I'm at. But it's, uh, it's a little bit... Uh, pleasing, not pleasing to see, but encouraging to see. And, yeah... Six over 80, so that's where, where where it's at. And a lot of losers in the mid to high 70s as well, so a lot of people playing great darts and not getting a win, including Brendan McClausland, I think I'm pronouncing that right. He's a name you see a lot of up here in Queensland Darts. He's always there, there and thereabouts. Can never quite break through to that, to face a Robbie King or a, a Raymond Smith in the final and things like that, but he's always doing well. He had a 6-4 loss with an average of 74. All your big guns made it through the first round, though. Uh, Kai, Kai Smith, James Bailey, Matt Mullen, Dave Littleboy all made it through to round two with Robbie King and Ray Smith having a buy through to make up 
that the numbers correctly so that they had the first round towards the second round of final 16. So your semi-finalists were Ray Smith. He had a quarter-final average of 76, probably one of his lowest for the weekend. Uh, yeah, 70, 76 against Matty Mullen in the quarter-final. Sorry about that. A uh, 6-4 win. It was a challenge for him. He got a 6-4 win, but, yeah, when he's averaging like that and against someone like Matt, the quality of Matt Mullen, yeah, it's always going to be a challenge, but he got through it. But he was above 90 for the rest of the day, Ray Smith, so... That was the one off the bat, and he still managed to get the win, so well done to him. James Bailey had a good day on his way to the semifinals, James Bailey. A 6-0, 6-2, and a 6-3 win. So he was looking pretty comfortable, and he's always there or thereabouts as well, James Bailey. So good to see him playing well. Robbie King was just getting the job done. Not quite to his usual high standards, but he was getting wins on the board. Bit of a scare against D. Wayne Turner, probably the coolest name you'll ever see of a dart player. He's pushing his 50s or 60s or something along those lines, but D. Wayne, that's awesome. I think he's up from Mackay region. And similar similar scenario, he's always up there and abouts in Queensland Arts, so good to see him doing well. But, yeah, he was 5-0 up against D. Wayne Turner and Dwayne, D. Wayne, Dwayne, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, got it back to 5-4, and then Robbie was just too good there and got it, got himself over the line. Uh, Chris Crabb, Crabb, K-R-A-B-B-E, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I haven't seen any of his games yet, unfortunately, relying on the streaming board to play what we want to see, but haven't seen it yet. Uh, he had a 6-4 win over Kai Smith, a 6-0 over the 50, a 55 average, over a 55 average, so pretty cruisy one there. Ray and Robbie won through to the final, though, so one and two seeds, as you would expect, those two generally are in amongst the finals. They got there, and they'll keep doing that all year. But Ray was just too good, 6-2, 91 average to 89. Robbie got himself 2-0 up. And then Ray ran off six straight legs from there and had a 13-dart leg to wrap it up. So congratulations to Ray Smith on event one. We moved down to South Australia. Rob Modro was on fire in the first two games that he played. He had a 6-2 win with an 81 average and a 6-0 win in his second match of with a 91 average. That's too higher than Danny Noppert's UK Open winning 89. So fantastic from Rob Modra, but we all know that Rob can throw those darts all day long and yeah just fantastic to see and not as many numbers down in South Australia though so I think they're having they're getting about that 16 16 or so on the Friday so good to see it would be great to see some more South Australians turn up I'm 100% sure there is some 60 plus averages roaming around the streets of South South Australia I almost said South Africa I've got Devin Peterson on my mind and yeah so it'd be great to see a few more there. Adam Leake and Danny Porter both made the semi-final. Uh, they both had a buy through to round one, so straight through to round two, which was technically the quarterfinal. So they really only had to win one game to get through to the semi-finals, but that's all right. Uh, Carl Schaefer, 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 also made the semi. He had a 6 0 in the first round and a 6-5. Upset, we'll call it, over the fin- one of the finals of last month in Scott Hallett. Danny Porter, though, defeated Rob Modra with an 82 average to 85, so a lower average than Mods, 
but got it done. And we did see a lot of Danny Porter last week, last month, sorry. And a lot of his, he was playing brilliant all day. And then his finals were averages in the 60s, not quite to the standard he was playing. They were tense, they were tight, but they weren't quite up as high as they were for the rest of the day, his averages. But that one, 82, that's good. And made it through. That was that was the semi-final, Danny Porter, Rob Andre. Now, Adam Leake won through in a thriller versus Carl Schaefer, 6-5 in the last leg. Most of the legs were very, very tight. So... Yeah, Adam Leake, Danny Porter in the final. This is a repeat of event three. Back in February, February, second weekend of February. But Danny Porter secured yet another win, 6-3. Very similar to all the South Australian finals. So I did get my facts wrong just two seconds ago. That was a semi-final, Rob Modra and Danny Porter. So this is very similar, but just a quality drop-off in the final. Just going off stats, you just look at the stats and go, oh, well, high 60 average. Yeah, it's not that great, but um, the intensity causes that. They're probably scoring a lot better than it looks. Uh, both average is <laughs> um, Only two legs for the whole match where the opponent was left on 100 plus, and both of those were 100, 102. So if you're not pegging, the other guy's right behind you, ready to peg out. So tight stuff. WA, there's some absolutely brilliant talent over there. If you look on Dark Connect and you have a look at the total event, before you click on that event, you can see the average for the whole event. And it does chop and change around a whole bit. Normally, New South Wales is down the bottom. Then it'll be South Australia. And then you'll find that it's generally pretty tight from there between Victoria. Victoria hasn't got the numbers but has the quality. WA has the numbers and the quality. Queensland has the numbers and the quality. So that's a good idea to gauge the quality of that venue, I think, just purely by the numbers being hit. Numbers aren't always everything. Why are you yawning so much? Numbers aren't always everything, averages, all that sort of stuff, because if a final gets tight or any match gets tight for that matter and you miss three darts at a double, that's zero for your score and your average is going to plummet. We all know this. But, yeah, WH, some brilliant, talented players over there, a lot of them, and it's high quality. Not just quality, it's high quality. Uh, we'll go straight to the semi-finalist, Joe Camito, who I'd never heard of, had an absolute perler of a night out. He had a 6-0 first up, a 6-4 win over the, the top seed and one of the top players in Australia right now in Tim Pusey, the Magnet. He was rated the best nickname in darts all over the world with the Magnet, which is it is a fantastic nickname. Uh, a 6-2 win over Blake Hatchett, who's no mug either. Kakiri Koha, 6-3 over the legend Loz Ryder. Uh, 6-1 over Ricky Pickett, who's a bit of a legend over there as well. A 6-3 win over Mick Zedun. Zedun, I'm not sure how you say that. Uh, Howard Jones, couple of high 80 averages, a 91 to get himself through to the semis. So I'd never really heard of Howard Jones. All the other guys, well, I haven't heard of Joe Camito. Kiri Koha, we know. And Bailey Marsh got through to the semis as well. A 6-1, 6-4, a 6-0 to get there. Joe Camito in one of the semifinals had a 6-1 win over Kakiri, 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 in the first semi with a 95 averages, one of the averages of the weekend. Uh, Koha just got one leg on the board with an average of 85, did well to do that. 
Joe uh, had two 15 darters and an 11. So that, once again, that is just sensational darts. Bailey Marsh was just too good for Howard Jones. Uh, he was 10 points higher in the average and got it done 6-3. And then a classic final took, a, took shape from there, 6-5 to Bailey Marsh. Maybe one or two legs were a blowout, but the rest could have gone either way. Maybe not either way, but as it's the same as uh, that one in South Australia that we were discussing. That uh, if you miss, your opponent is ready to peg. All right. So Bailey Marsh took that out. Well done to Bailey Marsh. I think he got one event last month and he's got one here. New South Wales. We'll go straight to the semi-finalists. Dave Hannell, Mark Tafe, number one seed. He won one last month. Pat Malloy, who upset Mitchell Clegg on his way, and Andrew Eagers, who I'd never heard of. Uh, they were a bit one-sided, all these finals. It was Dave Hennel over Mark Tafe, 6-1. Pat Malloy over Andrew Eagers, 6-2. And in the final, Dave Dave Hennel got his first win on the board over Pat Malloy. Uh, Victoria, we're getting through it. We're getting through it nice and well. So just keep with us here, guys. Victoria, straight to the semifinals. Barry Leddington. Upset Ash Britt, the number four seed, on his way to a semi-final. Brody Klinge and Mal Cumming were both there, along with big Brandon Weening, who I thought was a smoky to take a win or two over the weekend. Uh, all the semis, averages in the 80s, so brilliant stuff down there in Victoria. Some great darts being thrown. Weening was 6-4 over Mal Cumming, who was dominant last weekend, so great work from Brandon Weening. And Barry Leddington had a bit of a 6-4 upset over Brody Clinch. So last, mo- last month's finalists couldn't make the final on the Friday night. So exciting down there for Victoria to have some other finalists in there after having Brody Clinch, Mal Cumming, Brody Clinch, Mal Cumming. It's good for them to have some other finalists. And Brandon Weening was always going to get on a roll and get himself to a final. And the final was 6-1 to Brandon Weening. Great night for him. Well done, big Brandon. And he's a player I really like. You watch him throw darts and he looks like he's going to absolutely knock the board off the wall. And that's how you should play darts. And he was just able to have a big average when it mattered pretty much the whole time. So once he got to the finals, his average grew and grew and grew. He's a high 80 mark in the final. So that was day one. Knockouts. Excuse the yawning in this. I have no idea why the hell I'm yawning so bloody regularly. It's strange. And I think it's it's on my mind now. And that means it's going to keep happening. Day two. Round robin to knockout. So everyone gets split up into their groups. And... They generally keep it an even even amount, I think. So if they've got enough players, they'll have eight boards so that the top two on that board can go through. If they haven't got enough, they'll have a they'll have four boards and the top top four on each board to go through. So sim, that's sort of how it works. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm going to do a bit more research on that, but it's not overly important. It's pretty straightforward that if you do well, you get through to the knockouts. Uh, the round robins are a best of five, so first of three. And over in Queensland, we'll start in Queensland again. Quite a lot of one-sided ones matches in the round robin, so you get a lot more amateur dart players turning up on the Saturday ready to go, so the ones that can't be 
probably a lot, a lot of the av- amateurs, not amateurs, but not quite as high quality guys. Probably can't be bothered after work on a Friday. Guys and girls can't be bothered on a Friday afternoon turning up and they, the pros just want to get it done anyway. So they turn up, they play a knockout. A lot more time on the Saturday to go and have some fun. All right. So, yeah, a lot of one-sided matches in the round, Robin. We'll go straight to the semifinals again, though. That's pretty much the theme. Just go straight to the semifinals in a lot of them. Jeremy Fagg consistently at 80 average all through the knockouts. Tight tussle in the top 16, 5-4 against Patrick Cosgrove, who I'd never heard of. So there's all these names that I'm getting used to and seeing more and more, which is good. So, yeah, Jeremy Fagg, first semifinalist. Robbie King, average basically 90 all day. Uh, didn't drop a leg all day up until the semifinal. So that's even through all the knockouts. He did not drop a single leg. So that is ridiculously good stuff. Dave Littleboy, who I think made the final of event one last month, he also made a semifinal. Uh, a couple of last leg deciders for him in his KOs, his knockouts. And a 5-0 a five nil over young Connor Smith. That is Ray's son, Kai's brother. So great for him to get through. I'm not sure if he made it through to the knockouts at all last month. I probably should have checked that. But he did definitely get through this time around. So well done to him. I think he's 15, 16 years of age and looks good. He's consistently averaging in that 60 to 70 mark. So only good things coming for him. So the Kai, Kai and Connor Smith may be taking over the world of darts for the young fellas. But, yeah, good to see. Uh, Ray Smith was there again. He beat Kai 5-2 in one of his knockout matches. He also beat Jamie Runnell and Laurie Locke. The first semi-final, Ray Smith had an absolute cracker against Dave Littleboy, 5-4. And probably Ray Smith was probably set, ready to win every single leg. And Dave Littleboy, not quite as threatening on Ray's throw. But, uh, yeah. So Ray Smith threw to another final. Uh, the second one, Jeremy Fagg versus Robbie King. 5-3 Jeremy Fagg. Significant drop from Robbie King, though. So very strange to see. Not strange. I know a lot of Robbie King gets to the finals a lot and seems to have his off match for the day in the final or semi-final, whichever you want to call it. But, yeah, definitely a drop-off in a lot of his statistics. Without being there watching, you're not 100% sure what's going on anyway, even if I can see all the scores that they hit. You just you definitely can't quite see everything. But uh, he had his chances to win it, though, Robbie King. He got, got a couple of chances given to him, missed them, and, yeah, Jezza just took, his, took it to him and set up a final with Ray Smith. Another one that you see a lot of, Jeremy Fagg, Ray Smith. They would have played each other a lot and are in the final of this one. Abed, the guru, 6-3, winner over Jeremy Fagg in the final, 86 average to 81. Pretty tight all match. Only one leg was the loser over 100 points. So that's a pretty key indicator for me. If the other guy's waiting on less than 100, even 100's a pretty pretty straightforward finish for a lot of good dart players. Even I'm, I think I'm a half half a chance to finish 100. So it is it is a nice one to try and finish. 
So if you're under 100, then you're looking like you're in the leg. You're a chance if the other guy misses. So that always is a good indicator for how tight things are. But back-to-back for Ray Smith. So that's Friday, Saturday, getting it done. And after winning the Friday after the Sunday session last time around, that is now – that's four in a, three in a row. Three in a row for Ray Smith. Uh, down in New South Wales for the Saturday. It's always a hard one to pick, seeing just so many names I've never heard of. Dave Hannell made a semi-final. He was the only repeat from Friday semi-finalist. You had Jamie Brown, Dave Cairns, and Mark Wortley make the final, the semi-finals, I should say. Semi-final one, Dave Hannell smashed Mark Wortley 5-0 to make his second final in a row and try and have a crack at the back-to-back. Semi-final two, Jamie Brown 5-3 in a good match versus David Cairns. The final, Jamie Brown... One of his best performances for the day, won 6-3 to deny Dave Hennell the back-to-back wins and get himself on the board. So you're seeing a lot of different winners up in New South Wales, which is creating quite a lot of interest there and a lot of good quality dart players. South Australia on the Saturday. So the round robin lacked a bit of quality, but it keeps it interesting, as I said. Like when you look at Dark Connect and you have a, a view of all the all the matches played. The first thing you see is the score who won. And the other highlighted stat is the average that they threw. Once again, we can say it a million times, the averages are just a number. But when it's lower, that means you're either not scoring well or you're not finishing well. And so they're just not quite there, the finishing and the scoring down in South Australia. But as I said, keeps it tense. And that's what you want. You want a nice, tight, tense match. It makes darts fun. And if you're the other guys standing around waiting to play your game, you might as well watch and have a nice look and see the quality happening. All right, your semi-finals, some pretty standard names here. Adam Leake, Scott Hallett, Danny Porter, and Rob Modra. Get used to seeing those names getting through to the finals, semi-finals in South Australia. Uh, both of the semi-finals were a bit one-sided. They're first to five, all the knockouts, except the... Final, which is six, first to six. Rob Bodro had a 5-1 win over Adam Leake and Danny Porter had a 5-2 win over Scott Hallett. Danny Porter, that is his fourth consecutive final in South Australia. So just dominating. After a below-average day for pretty much all the competitors, the final was awesome, tight the whole way through. Both averaged 85-ish. Modra was able to stop Porter's run, though. So Danny Porter, after winning events two, three, and four in South Australia, was undone by the the very impressive, just legend that is Rob Modra. He got it done to take out event five down in South Australia. And when you say that there's a bit of a lack of quality in some of the games down there, there's no lack of quality in Danny Porter and Rob Modra at the moment. They're both absolute guns. And so are the other guys, the other guys. But you're only you're only as good as your opponent sometimes in darts. I know that sounds silly to say because you're just throwing whatever score you can, but a lot of the times whatever your opponent's doing can influence your game as no matter how hard you try and avoid it, it just happens. Down to Victoria, straight to your semifinalist, Justin Thompson, who his first tournament in a long time, first competitive darts for a long time as he sits and prepares. I think he's very comfortable playing at home on his practice board as he's getting ready for the WDF Lakeside Tournament, which is the 
grassroots equivalent to the PDC's World Darts Championship. So congratulations to him on making it over there and good to see. Hopefully he goes over there and has a really, really good crack. I think he will because he's got a very nice throw. He cruised to the semis, did Justin Thompson. Uh, Brody Clinge there, Brandon Weening there, and Mal Cumming there. All the semi-finalists down in Victoria cruised through. They're pretty much unscathed, not much challenge on the Sunday for them. But, yeah, you've got, still got to do it. Semi-final one, Thompson v. Clinge. 5-3 to Justin Thompson. Some brilliant darts in this one. Clinch had a 12 dart leg and a 14. Thompson had a 15 and an 11. And it was either this day or the day or t- Sunday. Brady Clinch missed double 12 for a nine dart leg. So fantastic from him. He is a guy I want to see more and more of. And yeah, can't wait to do that. But yeah, a couple of 11, uh, one 11 dart legs, some 12s, 14s, 15s. So some Quality, quality darts in that match. Mal Cumming versus Brandon Weening. This is always a beauty. And this was a tight one, 5-4 to Brandon Weening. Pretty tight most legs. Both had darts to win it in that final leg. But uh, it was Brandon Weening who was able to get it. And the final was set up for Justin Thompson versus Brandon Weening. Uh, once, once again, just two great dart players and Brandon Weening who... He's an absolute gun, and just once he gets moving, gets rolling, he's like a forward in a, in a rugby match, whatever the rugby is. Once he gets on the move, get out of his way. So back-to-back for him, another tight final, 6-4. Both players in all the legs, so well done to Brandon Weaning. After Mal Cumming went back-to-back in events two and three, Weaning then went back-to-back in three, uh, four, and five. Over to WA. Straight to the semis. Tim Pusey cruised to the semi-final. David Platt, he had a last leg versus Joe. Joe Comito, Friday's winner. And it was a 29-dart leg to win with Joe on five. So that just shows that even these guys are human and the tension, the tightness can get to everyone because you do not expect to hear a 29-dart leg being thrown at this level, but it happened. And as I said, Joe was waiting on five to try and get to get to another semi-final because that would have, Joe would have made the semi-final. This was a quarter-final. Bailey Marsh cruised through to his semi-final and Adam Rowe had a last leg decider versus Loz Ryder on his way through. 23-dart leg with Loz waiting on 25 to get through. Semi-final one, Tim Pusey, 5-1 winner over Bailey Marsh. He had two 13-dart legs and a 14 in there. So that's brilliant from Tim Pusey. And that's the sort of darts that he can, he can produce and come up with consistently. And that's why his name is always in basically every Australian tournament, not just any played over in Western Australia. Semi-final two, David Platt versus Adam Rowe. What a legendary match of darts. Those two are absolute geniuses. Legends, absolute legends. I was the first Perth Dart Masters when I first saw Adam Rowe. And I'm pretty sure, about 99% sure, he was on a nine-dart leg first leg against Peter Snakebite Wright and pushed him 6-4, I'm pretty damn sure, if my memory serves me right. So just fantastic to see these two playing. And this was a great game, 5-4 to David Platt. Four legs, 15 darts and under. Platt went 4-2 down and came through and won three. Won the last three with Rowe waiting on tops. Just brilliant to see those two legends. And I think David Platt had a 
would have been a 1-3-1 finish. He went 51, so triple 17, tops, tops. That's fantastic. And he gave it a big one when he got that, so you should. Uh, the final, though, was a bit anticlimactic. Pusey versus Platt, that's sort of new school, old school. Legend v. Legend. It had all the makings for an absolute classic, but David Platt was just too good. He was 5-0 up on Tim Pusey before he got two back, and but Platt was able to win that 6-2. All right, so that's events. Event five done. We've got another one down. I hope you're enjoying hearing how everyone went because I'm enjoying talking about it. It's just brilliant fun to me. I put in so much hours of watching, researching, having a look at scores, scrolling Facebook to make sure everyone had a good time. Sunday event six, we'll head straight up to Queensland. Um, even more one-sided stuff in the round robins here, so you're probably getting a few tired Dart players just about running out of steam. All the lower-ranked guys, not lower-ranked, but guys that are just there for to, to have a crack and be kind of like what I would be, just trying to work your way on, on your game. If I was there for that long playing that much darts, I probably would run out a bit of steam. But, yeah, a lot of one-sided stuff, a lot of three-nils, a lot of three-nils, and a couple of three-ones and maybe one or two three-twos here or there, which was probably between the lower-ranked lower-ranked gentlemen. Sorry, excuse my mic. Going nuts, spinning round and round and up and down. But we're all good now. We are all good. Uh, semi-finalist, Ray Smith. Dropped just two legs before his semi-final, so a good day for, for Ray. Robbie King was just not at his best all day. Just a lot of tightish tussles, lower average, and that's when you see Robbie King do his best work is in those round robins. He won't get touched. There'll be a lot of days when he just runs through and goes 3-0, 3-0, But not this day. Uh, Jeremy Fagg made another semi-final. So two, two days in a row he made the semis. It was very solid all day and was the day before too to get through to that final against Ray. And Jamie Rundle looked impressive. I don't think he's played darts for a little while. I think he's been off having a baby from what I've heard. Uh, but it was fantastic to see him back. I think he's won a World Pairs title, something along those lines. But he looked impressive. Some good numbers in there. And he was on the streaming board once or twice and looked solid. Semi-final one, Jeremy Fagg versus Robbie King. A repeat of the day before. Great contest and both players... On finishes, low ones when the other's pegging. So it's like 54, 32, just waiting, waiting, waiting. But Robbie King was able to take it 5-4. Semi-final number two, Ray Smith versus Jamie Rundle. This was the match of the whole weekend. I kid you not, no matter what you do, no matter which match you want to look at, all the stream matches will be available. It should be available on Dartstream Live's Facebook page. I know a live will then change to just a standard video, so you should be able to watch the whole weekend back, everything they covered. There will You will not tell me that there's a match this good. A 97 average to 95, 24 tonnes to Ray Smith, 15 to Rundle, who had, well, would be 10 to 15 plus scores in the 96, 97 range. So if they're all at the triple 20s, They've won treble visits, you know what I mean? So you could put that number of 15 of his way up to the, that 25 mark as well. It had to go to a last leg decider, and Ray Smith throws a 14-dart leg, two darts on a 76 checkout with Rundle waiting on tops. 
So Rundle set himself up tops, didn't miss tops, but set himself up on tops, ready to go. And Rundle finished off the job. Uh, sorry, Ray Smith finished off the job in that semi-final with yeah Jamie Rundle looking at tops to try and force it. So just fantastic. It was absolute beauty. And we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. We're going to wrap up each state. Ray Smith beat Robbie King. 6-2 in the final. Another case of Robbie King making a final and just not quite getting it getting it done. Not that many people can get it done against Ray Smith at the moment. So that's unfortunate. New South Wales, day three. Similar to Queensland, a lot of one-sided stuff. We'll go to your semi-finalists and quite a few different names. Not quite a few, but Pat Malloy made his just his second semi-final of the weekend. Mitchell Clegg, his first. Tony Welland, his first. And David Cairns, he made a semi-final the day before as well. Clegg versus Welland was a 5-2 win to Mitch Clegg. I'm not sure where Mitchell Clegg has been, but he's back playing darts and there is a lot of excitement around the fact that he is back playing darts and hopefully that stays and he continues on and just pushes, especially the New South Wales standard. He drives that really, really high. Pat Malloy versus David Cairns semi-final was a last leg shootout. David Cairns getting it done with a 17-dart leg to get to the final. And Mitchell Clegg took out a 6-5 win in a tight battle. Very tense stuff. Both had a lot of darts to win it, but Clegg was able to get it done. So that's a lot of different winners in New South Wales now. I think the Mark Tafe has won. You saw Dave Hennell get one, Mitchell Clegg get one, and the other winner from the Saturday. I can't remember the, the one from last week because that was so bloody long ago. But the New South Wales winner for the Saturday, Jamie Brown, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Jamie Brown. So a lot of different names winning all the events down there at New, in New South Wales. So once I said, once again, it's good to see. It's always tense down there. And you're seeing new players every other week, every other day basically so it's fantastic to watch I love watching new players play darts you can always look at someone else's throw and hopefully get a little bit of a hint on what you might be able to do better South Australia the semi-finals down there Kevin Young made his first semi-final someone I had never seen before very short dude but so is Danny Porter down there Adam Leake He's a regular feature in the semifinals down in South Australia. Danny Porter, need I say any more other than a regular feature in semifinals? He's not a regular feature in semifinals. He's a regular finalist. Every final down in South Australia, basically. And Ryan Lynch, first semifinal. Unfortunately, I didn't catch the stream game that Ryan Lynch was in. Semi-final one was a 5-0 win for Danny Porter over Ryan Lynch. So looking very, very good Danny Porter to potentially take out his fourth title. A bit of a smashing. He really, he had a chance in two legs, but it was obliterated in the others. 155 left in one, 250 and 302 points left in the others. So a bit of a drubbing, but it'll only do him well to, to get that far and face someone of the quality of Danny Porter. Kevin Young got to his first final. He was 3-1 down, won four legs on the spin to get over Adam Leake and make a final. Uh, the final of Danny Porter versus Kevin Young was another tense one. Uh, Kevin Young got himself 5-2 up. Danny Porter came storming home, forced the last leg decider with a brilliant 92 finish. Uh, 
Kevin Young, though, he stumbled over the line. I think it was. It looks like it was 15 darts to, from 178 to, to get that job done, and Danny Porter missed double 16. I think it was on a, a high checkout. It would have been, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 110. He went 18, 60, and just missed 32. So... Another another tense one, but Danny Porter missed out again, but as I said, was in four finals. No, sorry, five. Five finals of all the events once they reverted back to the bubble scenario. So five finals for Danny Porter. Three wins and just doesn't look like not making it there. Uh, the, the finalists, semi-finalists down in Victoria. Pretty standard stuff here. Brady Clinch, Brandon Weening going for the treble. Justin Thompson and Mal Cumming. Semi-final one was Justin Thompson versus Brody Clinch. Last legger, Clinch should have taken it. He missed a couple of darts at double 10 and five, I think it was, to allow Justin Thompson to come in and take it out. So good for Justin Thompson to keep making finals, keep getting himself into pressure matches as he prepares for the Lakeside tournament. Semi-final two. Brandon Weening lost to Big Mal 5-2. So I think he lost once or twice to him last month as well. And he's lost to him here to deny himself a chance at the three-peat and do a Ray Smith. Now the final, though, Mal was just too good for Justin Thompson, 6-2. The averages suggest it was closer. Justin's was actually higher. It was 89-87. But Big Mal back on board, back on the winning train. After a disappointing day, I think it was the day before he didn't make the no, sorry, maybe the Friday he didn't make the final, the semi-finals. But back on board and get used to seeing those names in the semi-finals. WA semis, Brenton Lloyd, never heard of. He beat Joe Comito, Friday's winner, and Kohar Kakiri on his way there. And Got to be doing well to beat those guys, especially the weekend Joe Comito had. I know I can't comment too much on what it's like beating Joe Comito, but going by his performances over the weekend, it must be pretty decent. Uh, Ricky Pickett is always thereabouts. He's always up in the last the last eight and and beyond, so he made his first semifinal for the weekend. Uh, Tim Pusey and Bailey Marsh, pretty standard stuff seeing those guys in the semifinals. Uh, David Platt and Adam Rowe both made the quarters. Rowie pushed Tim Pusey all the way. Had two at double 16 to win that one, so could have very easily been another semi-final for Adam Rowe. Uh, semi-final one, Brenton Lloyd 5-2 over Ricky Pickett. And semi-final two, 5-0 for Bailey Marsh over Tim Pusey. He was probably sick of throwing darts for the weekend. He's in everything, every every event. So, But that's what, that's what uh, Bailey Marsh can do. He is an absolute beast when he gets going. The final, Bailey Marsh, just too good. Uh, Miss Bull in the first leg did uh, Brenton Lloyd. No, sorry, Brenton Lloyd took it out after, what's his face, Bailey Marsh missed the ball. And then he won the next five legs on the trot and won at 6-3 after the Brenton Lloyd was able to get himself two legs on the two more legs on the board. So it was a 6-3 win. And that's two titles for the weekend for Bailey Marsh. Friday and Sunday, and a semi-final on the Saturday. So great weekend for Bailey Marsh. Right, well, yeah, as I said, well, let's. That's it. That's all the matches. It only took us forty minutes to get through it all. That's unreal that it's gone that quick. Forty minutes. Whew, let's have some beer. 
Cricket update, Pakistan 107 for two. Looking good to bat for a long time. Can they bat a whole another four sessions? I reckon there's a chance they can. If they bat that long, they probably make the runs. Right. We'll have a look at the fi- the three finalists for each each day at each venue. So we'll go through each venue first this time because then we can have a little bit of a wrap of what it means for each venue and then we'll have a little bit of a chat at the end about the whole shebang. We'll start off with Queensland again. I generally start with Queensland because they tend to kick off their tournament first. I'm pretty sure it's a well-run machine here in Queensland. Uh, Belle Smith, Ray's partner, does a lot of that work and she is a no-fuss-don't-mess-with-me kind of gal and everyone respects her and gives her the respect she deserves. In running such an event with so many numbers, Queensland by far have the most numbers but she's able to rally it all together and get it all up and running. So... Well done to Bell Smith. Uh, Friday, Ray Smith defeated Robbie King 6-2. Saturday, Ray Smith defeated Jeremy Fagg 6-3. Sunday, Ray Smith defeated Robbie King 6-2. As good as Queensland is, as strong as it is, Ray Smith has won four on the trot now, pulled out in event two, and event one doesn't even count. He had maybe one or two close games. I think there was... I th- was it Dave Littleboy, the six, uh, five, four, and Jamie Rundle, the five, four? They're the only close games he had. And it's only Jamie Rundle that looked likely, really. The other one was a bit of hold your throw sort of stuff. Ray missed a few doubles against Littleboy and probably should have taken that out a bit easier. But he's, yeah, Jamie Rundle, hopefully we can see him play a lot more and continue to get himself back into it because he does honestly look like the one dude who's going to challenge Ray Smith. Robbie King just seems to struggle a bit in just getting over the line. Um, He's always up there, always thereabouts. He dominates the round robins, gets himself three or four. It's the three or four knockouts before the semis. I think it might only be two or three, actually. He dominates them, and then it comes up against the old foes, Ray Smith, Jeremy Fagg, and just struggles a little bit, but generally makes every final. So hopefully it clicks for him. It just seems to be his doubling at that stage of the tournaments just goes downhill a little bit. But anyway... That's just what happens. Um, I'll be. I'm interested in seeing how Kai Smith had an okay weekend. Couple of, I think he made the last eight twice, maybe a last sixteen as well. I know he wasn't happy with his Saturday. If he gets on a run, he is definitely one that can challenge Dad, Ray, James Bailey. Definitely can challenge Ray. I know the averages and just how he's playing will suggest not, but being so experienced, he can definitely challenge. And Jeremy Fagg, if he gets really up and running, can challenge. But I don't know at the moment if Ray Smith loses at all, ever. So as I said, as good as Queensland is, you do want to see a bit more competitiveness. New South Wales. Friday, Dave Hennel defeated Pat Malloy 6-2. Saturday, Jamie Brown defeated Dave Hennel 6-3. Sunday, Mitchell Clegg defeated Dave Cairns 6-5. The quality in New South Wales just simply isn't as good as the other locations, especially WA and Queensland, but it's creating great contests, great dart matches, and as much as there is something on the line for these guys, a place at the world's, a seeding position for the Oceanic Masters, 
money. There's money on the line. Don't even worry about that. Uh, all the guys are seeded for each each weekend's tournament. So when it's just the knockout, the seeded players, the higher seeded players, if there's someone that needs to go through to the next round, it's them. Higher you finish, <clears throat> the more chance you are of winning some dosh. So there's a lot on the line, but at the same time, there's a lot of us watching who want to see great darts, and that's what it is. So they're always fighting. There's always a battle on. It is great to see Mitchell Clegg back, though. He is... He's the number one man in New South Wales, so if he gets up and running and gets back on the board consistently, he will do a race smith and he will continue to win, 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 and no one will get near him. Victoria, Friday, Brandon Weaning 6-1 over Barry Leddington. Saturday, Brandon Weaning defeated Justin Thompson 6-4. Sunday, Mal Cumming defeated Justin Thompson 6-2. Brandon Weaning got on a roll. I said... Uh, last episode, not last episode, because that was episode poo, as in 26, that it was Brody Clinch and Mal Cummings to win, unless Brandon Weaning gets on a roll. He got on a roll. Mal Cummings made it three. Barry Leddington is the odd one out of this one. So Justin Thompson won't play all the time. This was a bit of a tune-up for him, I think. But when he was playing, the semi-finalist for two days in a row was Mal Cumming, Brandon Weaning, Justin Thompson, Brody Clinch. On Friday, it was Brandon Weaning, Justin Thompson, Brody Clinch, Barry Leddington. But it's a similar situation to up in Queensland with Ray Smith. There's some great quality players down there, but is it just those four? Are those four consistently battling it out and no one else is going to get near them? Can Brody Clinch get a win? As much as he's playing well and he's always in there, he hasn't won yet, and I have expected him to. So hopefully he can get himself a win. Uh, no Reese Matthewson at this those those three events. I think he's got some some stuff going on. I'm really going to try and get him on the show. Hopefully Muffo can turn up. Muffo, I think, is his nickname, and I'm going to roll with it. I think he'll be able to get himself going and challenge those guys and put a stop to the same four names all the time. South Australia. Friday, Danny Porter defeated Adam Leake 6-3. Saturday, Rob Modra defeated Danny Porter 6-4. Sunday, Kevin Young defeated Danny Porter 6-5. Now, it is the Danny Porter show over in South Australia. Although he lost two of the finals, it's always... Who's going to be in the final with Danny Porter and try and knock him off? And it's just, it's been like that since event two, forget event one. And it's, yeah, he's been in every single final since event two. So we'll call it all finals because we're forgetting that event one happened. There's not enough players down there, as I said earlier, though. There was just 12 on the Sunday. I think a similar number turned up on the Friday maybe the high high teens on the Saturday. So there's got to be more players down there, and I think the DPA need to market it better. I bumped into a guy on NACA, and he says he averages 60, and there's no way he was at that tournament. I'll try again and try and get him there. But if he's averaging 60, there are people averaging a lot less than that at all events. So, I mean, it's not all. It's also about going and challenging yourself against a better player because you'll be very, very surprised at what happens to your average when you're facing a higher average. I guarantee you, it goes up. 
But hopefully we see some more people competing down there in South Australia. WA, Friday, Bailey Marsh beat Joe Comito 6-5. Saturday, David Platt defeated Tim Pusey 6-2. Sunday, Bailey Marsh defeated Brenton Lloyd 6-3. There is a lot of talent over there in WA. As much as we all sit here and say it's all in Queensland, it's all in Queensland, it's all in Queensland, Queensland's number one, WA will hold a torch to that. They'll say, hold my beer and let's have a game of darts and let's see which state is number one. And that'll be interesting to watch. But, yeah. Um, And it's kind of the older generation, newer generation show, and which is fantastic to watch. I'm not even – that's not even a negative. Don't even worry about that. To see David Platt playing well again, just to see him back playing. See Adam Rowe playing well. Loz Ryder's always thereabouts as well. Ricky Pickett. It's it's fantastic to watch those guys. Joe Comito's a a bit of a darting uh, veteran. Then you've got Bailey Marsh, Blake Hatchett, Tim Pusey, all these young guys coming through. That is just – it's awesome to watch. I love it. And, yeah, Rowie and Platt both had great weekends. Pusey and Marsh, great weekends. So – and it's just not quite – as much as the same. You never know who's going to win WA. At the moment, you can say Porter versus who over in South Australia. Victoria can go weaning. Uh, Clinch coming. And not now. Now, not Justin Thompson. Hopefully, it's Reese Matheson because I love Reese Matheson. And, but we'll see. It's who's, who's going to win out of those guys. It isn't like that over in WA, even though New South Wales is also very up in the air. WA is up in the air with talent. Not trying to badmouth New South Wales, but their just talent is just not as not as high. Simple as that. All right. The whole weekend as a whole, absolutely dominant by Ray Smith. You don't see dominance like that too often, <clears throat> unless it's Michael Van Gerwen. But over here in Australia, you just don't see that too often that someone can be so dominant over an entire weekend. No one could get a glove on him. Jamie Rundle almost landed a killer blow. And probably would have, but Ray took out 76 with two darts and with three darts he would have probably nine times out of ten he finishes 76 with three darts anyway. So a bit of a chance but not really a chance because Ray got himself into that position where Rundle didn't get a chance to finish and had he had that chance probably takes it but Ray didn't allow that. So I still feel... All these events, as good as it is to watch, as much as I love watching Australian darts, is it lacking that face-off between the top eight to top 16 from each weekend somewhere along the line? I think something along the lines of the top two at each venue plus the six highest on the rankings. So you get each state's, you combine the numbers in the top six on the DPA rankings. Surely they've got that set up. I know they have each state, but whoever's on the most points get through. Simple as that. And they, they they face off. If they're in the same location, great. They can play each other from the same location if they draw each other. If they have to play online, they have to play online. But at the moment, are we getting an idea of who is the best player in Australia? <clears throat> yes, it's Ray Smith. Without a doubt, it is Ray Smith. But who's second best? How good is Danny Porter? Is he as good as he is showing? 
would Ray Smith be troubled by Danny Porter? We don't know. Tim Pusey and Bailey Marsh, do they come over here to Queensland and say, hey, you guys aren't that good? Someone like Matt Mullen, he can go down to New South Wales and win all three events each weekend. But in Queensland, he's not even getting near it. Hmm. Those guys down in Victoria, can they match it up here? Is their bubble burst when they're not playing each other consistently every single time they step up to the hockey? It is what it is. Australian internet doesn't allow a concept like that to work. Um, I just feel like there's got to be a way to do it, whether it's Friday, you have the same tournament on a Friday, Saturday you play it how it's been going, then Sunday it is just those top guys and you give yourself a day to play that. If it means the other guys aren't playing, so be it. But we do want to see who is the best of the best. We don't want to see who's the best in Queensland, who's the best in New South Wales, who's the best in WA, South Australia, blah, 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 and come together once a year. Hopefully hopefully it's only a one-off thing, but we don't know. But while you've got online darts available, I feel like there's got to be a way to get it done. I know it was an absolute disaster, the first event, and they had to can it, but a lot of that came down to the way they ranked the events. Now you've got a simple concept of the two finalists from each venue that gives you 10 people. You can then top it up with just an order of merit, simple as that. But anyway, um, yeah, I just think there's just so much that could be done. We don't know who's number one in Australia. We're probably not going to know, but it, that's what it is. Hopefully... Next year, it's all face-to-face and everyone can afford to travel. That's where the issues come into it, that the WA guys, if you have one one weekend, so there's five weekends at the moment, there's five different venues, you have one at each, each venue, those WA guys probably cannot afford to travel four times a year and get that time off work. I think we've had that chat before. What an episode that was. That's almost an hour that we've been going through now, the DPA stuff. And almost nine data from Brody Clinch. Domination by Ray Smith. Some brilliance from Bailey Marsh. Some New South Wales just up in the air, who knows what's going to happen, style darts. And Danny Porter versus who? That's basically the story of the whole episode, wrapped up in 10 seconds, not 55 minutes. A big shout-out to the guys at Dartstream Live as well for covering the whole thing. If you want to watch, they've got it, and you can sit and see all the live live darts being played. But anyway, that, that'll do. Till next week, we'll have some Premier League action coming at you, and we can also have a look at the Aussies in the Players' Championship events. That'll be fantastic. Thank you, everyone, for joining me. See you later.